back. What is this? This is episode 18. It has been a very long time. And uh, I guess we'll just 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 address the elephant in the room. And the main reason I have had virtually no desire to do a podcast in so long is COVID. It's, it's the only thing to talk about, really. I know things have been reopened and closed and reopened again. And, you know, we got sports and it's been some uh, good, good albums that came out, some great movies that came out that we'll talk about later. But the vaccine is like the thing, the only thing to talk about. And to me, that's just no fun. I don't want to come on here and talk about like sad stuff. But, you know, enough is enough. And I don't want it to hinder anything that I may have planned in the future with the podcast specifically. So if we got to talk about COVID and the vaccine, then that's what we're going to do. So we'll address the elephant in the room, you know, right from the jump and then get on with all the, the, the good stuff. So COVID, right? Uh, it's changed all of our lives. You know, a lot of people we we lost. Um, a lot of people have actually benefited from this. I'm talking to you, PPP loans and grants and unemployment people and all that, you know, good for y'all. But, um, you know, a- as usual in this country, like it's some extreme divide, right? Like uh, about a year ago, late 2020, early 2021, that very scary political divide that had people at one point running into the Capitol trying to attack the the leaders of the country right and now the the current divide is uh vax people versus anti-vax people and i am vaccinated i'm fully vaccinated i actually i do plan to get a booster i don't have my booster shot yet whatever right um the data and what made me take the vaccine the data was my data, my personal data was the people around me my my friends and family they all got it i was actually um, the one to get it a little later, uh, last year between like all of my immediate friends and family, except Jaquil, Jaquil, he, he anti-vax. I didn't mean to put you out that Jaquil, like, you know, but hey, you know, hey, he, he doesn't care anyways. Um, so anyways, I saw everybody else get it. They were fine. I was like, okay, um, I guess I'll get it. Cool. Got it. Whatever. Right. But there are these people, these anti-vax people. And again, like in the beginning, I was scared to get it too. I was questioning it as well. I was, you know, doing like independent research as well, listening to the news, listening to Fauci or whoever the case may be. But there are people who who just question everything. And that's a good thing. I'm not bullying people for being like, for, you know, being, I guess, cautious of, of the decision they're making with the vaccine. But I do have a bone to pick with some of the anti-vaxxers. And it's a lot of you out there. And and the one thing that makes me absolutely sick is people in public (laughs) saying that, well, what's the point of getting the vaccine if you can still catch COVID? Let me, I don't know. Maybe you guys don't know. If you don't know, as, as adults especially, you know, shame on you, honestly. And the fact of the matter is you all think a vaccine is a cure. Vaccine and cure are two completely different words with two completely different meanings, okay? Yes, you can get a vaccine and still catch whatever, but it makes you 
less prone to getting it. And if you do get sick, it keeps you out of the hospital. It's really that simple. But for those same people who say, ah, man, this, you know, I'm hearing microchips. I'm hearing you can still get it. I'm hearing all these these ridiculous things. But at the same time, anti-vaxxers, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. Ah, man, fuck that vaccine. I don't want to get the vaccine. And then you turn around and eat fried chicken. Oh, I don't want to get the vaccine. And you turn around and smoke a cigarette. Oh, I don't want to get the vaccine. And then you turn around and drink a fifth of Hennessy. Oh, I don't want to take the vaccine. And then you proceed to pass a blunt around in rotation between several people. All I'm asking you, anti-vaxxers, <laughs> is to make it make sense. If, if I could see if you were like some super vegan health nut and uh, uh, devout to whatever religion you subscribe to. And that's the reason you didn't want to take. Like, I get it. Like, I get that. I get questioning things. I understand all that. But when you don't want to take the vaccine and you turn around and do some like the several things I mentioned, got to be honest with you. I'm, I'm not trying to hear anything you have to say. <laughs> That's just that. Speaking of the vaccine, just I guess transition in this because it got something to do with the vaccine is Joe Rogan. They are trying to get Joe Rogan's ass out of here again. <laughs> um, okay, so Joe Rogan, this is the first time uh, they've attempted to get Joe Rogan out of here. And I can't remember why previously, but now it's because of the vaccine, because Joe Rogan is going on his podcast, his massive platform, and he has doctors on there. And then he speaks his opinion and, you know, what, what he believes and all that. But point being, they are labeling it uh, uh, misinformation, right? So Joe Rogan, uh, they feel that Joe Rogan is dangerous because so many people listen to his podcast and so many people actually take heed to what Joe Rogan says that they feel his 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 podcast is dangerous because people base their real life decisions on what Joe Rogan has to say, which is insane to me. But that's beside the point. Anyways, even the vaccine is actually beside the point. His misinformation on the vaccine and COVID in general is beside the point. So uh, this clip came out uh, maybe yesterday or the day before. I can't remember. But it's of Joe Rogan saying the N-word, nigga, right? And he's saying it over and over and over again. I think somebody it was a reported like 70 times he said that word on his podcast. Um throughout his podcast, which has been like, I don't know, like 15 years or something. So I'm here to say, as a black man, right? As a black man, I'm kind of offended, honestly, that black people are being used as a chess piece to cancel Joe Rogan. Because at the end of the day, this has nothing to do with black people. This is them wanting to get him out of here for the misinformation, the continuous misinformation about covid and the vaccine on his platform. Now, Joe Rogan has been on TV pretty much my whole life, right? From Fear Factor to his stand-up comedy to his UFC commentary to his podcast. And I can say, I can I can I feel like I've heard enough and listened to enough Joe Rogan in my life to make the fair assessment that Joe Rogan is not racist. And plus the clip was just 
it was out of context. It was just the one word. And he, he posted a video saying that, hey, it looks bad. And he apologized. He hasn't said the word in years. And uh, instead of saying the N word literally like that, he would just say the word and whatever. Right. Is it corny that he was on his podcast saying it just outright like that? Absolutely. Should he be saying it? Absolutely not. So all that's fine and good, but this isn't our fight, black people. Canceling Joe Rogan, it got nothing to do with us. It doesn't benefit us at the end of the day, and we got much uh, much more rigorous things to worry about than Joe Rogan saying they're going to podcast. I could care less. You should care less. Just being straight up, Joe Rogan got nothing to do with us. And we should not be used as the device to end Joe Rogan, his podcast. And it's not going to work anyways. Like Andrew Schultz said, what's next? Are you going to be transphobic next? Is it going to be misogynistic next? We'll see. But I don't think Andrew Schultz should be the guy uh, (laughs) uh, defending somebody getting canceled for what he did to Joe Budden when he was going through his smear campaign and Andrew Schultz did nothing but make fun of him the whole time. So anyways, um, that's enough vaccine talk. Um, yeah, it's, it's a horrible thing. I hate to come on here and even talk about it. Cause I feel like it's so lame and everybody else on the planet is talking about this topic, but the podcast had to come back and I wanted to do some you know, some different things, obviously Spotify, Apple music, hopefully this is how you're listening to the podcast now. So, uh, I was ready to bring it back and and we, I can't just like ignore COVID. I can't ignore the vaccine because it's become a part of our everyday lives. So it is what it is. But anyways, yeah, Joe Rogan, by the way, cool with me. I, I can't cancel him. I don't think I listened to him enough to be able to cancel him anyways. I'm sure my, 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 my ear, isn't moving his needle at all. Anyways, Tom Brady retired. That was pretty cool. Favorite football player of all time. If you know me, you know I'm a big Tom Brady mark, right? So uh, his retirement was kind of abrupt. Who did they lose to the Rams? They lost to the Rams about three points um, in a tough, tough game. The Buccaneers were getting their asses handed to them the entire game. They come back. They lose by three points. Real rough loss. Um, so close too, and I feel like if they would have got past the Rams, I could easily see them beating the Bengals. But I don't know anymore. One thing this this whole NFL playoff, um, this whole NFL postseason, I should say, has shown me is that I'm washed on my football knowledge. I'm washed on my football. Man, I made a bracket. My bracket was gone. It was toast. Like the first uh week of the postseason, the wild card, I should say. So the one thing I did get right was. You know, everybody's favorite football player, Aaron Rodgers losing. Of course he lost, because why wouldn't he? Um, same thing every year with that guy. Goes on a crazy regular season run. He'll win an MVP. You know, they'll win 13, 14 games. You know, everybody watch out for Aaron Rodgers, that bad, bad man. And then, you know, in the postseason, he lets you down, and he lets you down early. Aaron Rodgers loses again. But anyways, back to Tom Brady, favorite football player of all time. I mean, this dude, that that Atlanta Super Bowl, um, where they, where they were down in the third quarter, like three to twenty-eight and made that comeback. Um, the Russell Wilson pick at the one yard line. The uh 
that Rams game was boring as hell. Uh, the two losses to New York, like Tom Brady has had a hell of a run. He could have retired years ago. Um, he's had more than a healthy career. He's overachieved the late pick. So if this was actually the end for Tom Brady, eh, you know, so be it. It's fine. I don't think he got nothing he can look back on and be like, damn, like I'm really missing out. I mean, the dude got seven championships. So um, he got the most Super Bowls in history. He has more Super Bowls than every single franchise in the NFL. Think about that for a second. So he was running it up for the past like five years. Tom Brady just been running it up. So anyways, um, but I don't think this is the end for some reason. I think he going to have that Michael Jordan Wizards run with some random team in a couple years because it came out that he retired. Then he said, oh, I'm not retired yet. I haven't made my decision. Then he made his post and uh, officially retired. And now we're hearing reports that Tom Brady is talking about never say never. I think this was a family decision. I think his wife and his his kids were like, yo, you know, you owe us some time, maybe. I think this is a family decision. I don't think this is Tom Brady's decision. I think he made it, maybe made a deal with his family. Last offseason, the wife sat him down, the kids sat him down. Promise us this is the last one. Promise us this is the last season. And um, and he just going with that. But I feel like I don't know, man. I I don't I got a feeling he ain't done. He may not play next year. He may not play the year after that, but it's Tom Brady. Dude's a maniac. Dude's a competitor. Um, I could easily see him unretiring, jumping in one more run, and having an excellent season at that. He had an excellent season this season. You know, he was in the running for MVP. You know, like I said, only three points to the most stacked offense in the league right now. Hey, nothing to be ashamed of. So, if Tom Brady comes back, don't be surprised. On to the NBA trade deadline. Now, funny enough, right? The Lakers are a disaster right now. And all the people who I have been (laughs) slandering over these last several years, Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, they're all on the same team. And I said this. I said this from jump that Russell Westbrook, the day he, the day they traded him from uh, the, the Washington, I said this is going to be a disaster. This is going to be an absolute uh, clash of styles, a nightmare. Too many cooks in the kitchen, all that, and it's it's actually exceeded my expectations of how bad they were going to be. Now I made this, um, and it's actually I think tomorrow the trade deadline is up. So I'm sticking to my guns, and I know people are going to be on me about it because before the season started, the day he got traded to L.A., Russell Westbrook in specific, I said he's going to be gone by the trade deadline, by All-Star. So we got a day left. Um, There were trade talks maybe two weeks ago, but that contract is crazy. And Westbrook has been playing so bad that nobody wants to pick up that contract. 
So it looks like he might actually stay the rest of the season. So it's looking like as of right now, February 8th, 2022, that I might actually be wrong. And Westbrook might actually stick around and see the rest of the season. Maybe they can pick it up and scratch uh, scratch into an eighth seed, um, which, I mean, who are they competing with? Portland, who just traded CJ McCollum like a half hour ago. Uh, Minnesota, they're always shaky. The Clippers, they, you know, hurt. So it wouldn't surprise me if the Lakers took this All-Star weekend, got themselves together, came back and scraped up a eighth, a seventh, or a sixth seed. Would not be surprised. But right now they're actually under, I think they're like ninth or tenth place. So, um... Looks like Westbrook going to stick around. I was saying he was going to get traded. But one thing is for certain. One thing I am not wrong about is that he's playing like dog shit right now. He's horrible. Anthony Davis, in and out, always hurt, very unreliable. And LeBron James, you know, what he going he gonna to do what he going to do. It's the greatness of LeBron James. He going to get his numbers. Um, and it's kind of like, oh, well, it's not my fault. I mean, I, you know, had 30, 10 and eight. So, hey, don't look at me. So (laughs) the Lakers are a disaster. My Bulls, though, competing for the number one spot in the East. We are suffering through some injuries right now. Lonzo got hurt. Zach Levine got hurt. Caruso got hurt. A lot of people got hurt. Patrick Williams got hurt in the beginning of the season, as soon as the season started. So we've been working without him this entire time. Um, man, if we healthy, man, if we suited up, we can we can contend. I don't know if we're going to win, but we can contend. We can make it interesting. Um, and that's all I ask for as a Bulls fan at this point, because we've been so bad for so long. We've been so not competitive for so long. Um we're good though. This is a good young team, and I want to see them all healthy because we, you know, you 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 saw, you saw what happened when we were healthy. We were nice, number one in the East. So uh, we've fallen off a little bit, but that's fine. I actually projected the Bulls to go um, the fifth seed in the East, and I think five teams are actually tied right now for the first seed in the East. The East is wide open. It's interesting. I love it. On the West, Phoenix going crazy. Uh, number one team in the league. Uh, the Warriors are back. I got them going to the conference finals. Um, the NBA is real interesting this season. I don't have a very, because everything's so up and down between production and injuries. I have no idea who can win this championship. Could it be Milwaukee? Possibly. If the Nets get it together, and it look like, actually, it looked like the Nets might trade James Harden in a minute here. But can the Nets get it together and win? Absolutely. Can the Warriors win? Absolutely. Does Phoenix have a chance? I don't know. Chris Paul just, I don't know. It's just, it's a black cat running around his house or something. He just got bad luck. He get hurt at the worst times. He don't take those shots that are necessary in winning championships. He never takes them. Um, but Devin Booker, though, Devin Booker's a killer. Devin Booker got it. Whatever it is, Devin Booker has it. And he is not afraid of the moment. So it's kind of that weird balance between Phoenix. Can they go to the conference finals? Sure. Can they go to the NBA finals? Absolutely. Will they win? I don't know. Interesting. Very, very interesting uh, season. I really, at this moment, at the trade deadline, I couldn't tell you. I couldn't give you like a pick. I couldn't tell you, oh, I really got Milwaukee winning this year. Oh, I really got Brooklyn winning. I really got Golden State winning. Couldn't tell you. 
real interesting season right now, though. Uh, let's see. Okay. Like I said, I was going to talk about movies, right? So, Spider-Man No Way Home was absolutely perfect. It was the perfect movie. I've never felt more satisfied leaving a theater as a fan. If you know me, if you've known me my entire life, you know I am a massive, massive Spider-Man fan. To a point, like, on Twitter, I posted, like, this picture of me. I was, like, maybe five or six years old, and I'm in, like, an entire Spider-Man outfit, like, Spider-Man hat and gloves, and it's really funny. You go check out my Twitter at the Big Mirror, right? So, um, I'm gearing up for this movie for the last year, right? And there's rumors going around, all, you know... It's going to be um, like a switching dimensions, a switching universes, a multiverses or whatever you want to call it. And uh, people are talking about, you know, we're talking about potential Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield. That's his name. Andrew Garfield being in the movie. So I'm like, man, nah, they're not going to go that far. Like, that'd be cool. But I didn't think it was going to happen because No Way Home is such a fan fiction type of film it felt like we wrote it so anyways um the movie is a literally it's an 11 out of 10 i can't even disrespect it and call it 10 for 10 it's an 11 out of 10 it's the perfect movie this might be my favorite movie of all time i know it's recency bias i know but i've let it marinate for a good month and a half now two months whenever it came out um toby mcguire did a great job as the older Spider-Man. Andrew Garfield did a great job as like the 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 lesser of the two Spider-Man. And I thought he was the MVP of the movie. And I'm an Andrew Garfield hater. <laughs> well, not Andrew. I'm an amazing Spider-Man. I hated those movies. And I, he was at the helm of those movies. So I guess I'm an Andrew Garfield hater if you want to say that. Cool, whatever. But it's funny that he he has such an excellent performance in this movie and now people are like going in about him getting a third film don't do that andrew garfield had his moment in no way home it's over let him have his moment in no way home because guess what go back and watch amazing spider-man one go back and watch amazing spider-man two both of those movies are absolutely terrible absolute garbage and I think people forget that because he had a good performance in this movie. Those movies were not good. Um, Jalen, my, my my good friend, my best buddy Jalen, he remembers. I always, go, I always reference him about these movies because he can tell you, I never liked those movies from Jump. We watched those movies together, the first and the second one. And I remember the first one, I was like, dude, this movie is horrible. He, he, he fighting a lizard in a lab coat, and that bothered me like a lot. It was kind of slow. It took too long for him to get to being Spider-Man for me. He was too cool. He was skateboarding. He got girls. He was too tall. Like, you know, in in in, in the comics, I guess. And I don't want to be that guy either. But, you know, some things you got to stay true to the original or true to the format. And that's Peter Parker being like this kind of meek, nerdy dude. Whereas... Andrew Garfield is this, like, tall, handsome, skateboarding dude. Um, he wasn't nerdy at all, a geeky, or, you know what I mean? If anything, I felt a little angst from that character, which I guess is cool, but it's not Spider-Man. Anyways, that movie was horrible, and then somehow, some way, they managed to make Amazing Spider-Man 2 even worse than that one. 
and I'm not even going to not like I'm not even going to get into that movie and how bad it is. That might be a top five worst movie of all time. That movie was absolute garbage. So anyways, real quick, I want to get into this ranking here uh, that I posted. Let's see when this was January 5th. So it was a little bit after um, No Way Home came out and I ranked the Spider-Man movies in order how I felt best to worst. Right. So number one, I had coming in No Way Home. Number two, I had coming in the uh, first Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movie from 02. A lot of sentimental value in that movie. That movie um, really changed everything for me. I love that movie. One of the first movies I saw in theater, too, as a kid. Um, number three, I put Far From Home, which I noticed got a lot of hate. Um, I did not notice that movie had as much hate as it did. I guess the criticisms of it is all oh, he's Iron Man Jr. trying to make Spider-Man the new Iron Man, which is also not true to character. And very true, and that's a valid point. But as a film, I really like the film. And I understand that they were trying to get over Iron Man. But I think this movie is going to get more respect later on because it looks like these next two or three movies they're going to do after No Way Home, it's going to be more true to Spider-Man. It's all going to make a lot more sense. Like, okay, here's the Tom Holland Spider-Man who had everything. He had the Avengers with him and Iron Man. He had all the technology and everybody knew him and everybody loved him. And he, you know, he had a lot of help. Now we getting into the grit of Peter Parker. So I think Far From Home is going to get a lot more love later down the line because it's all going to make sense. And it all kind of ties into this movie. I think everything in the future is all going to go back to Far From Home, which is going to make this movie super important in the future. So number four is uh, I think I put Enter the Spider-Verse. Actually, I think the movie is called Into the Spider-Verse. It's that cartoon Spider-Man movie that came out in 2019. Number five, Spider-Man 2. Number six, I got Homecoming. Uh, number seven, Spider-Man 3, which is... That movie did not live up to the hype, right? If you remember the commercials, go look up the commercials for Spider-Man 3 with Venom, right? And it's like, <laughs> it's Peter Parker, and then it fade to black, and all of a sudden he in like a dark suit, and he's swinging in the dark suit, and then you see him next to the bell, and he's trying to rip the Venom, the symbiote off of him, and, and it's just like Spider-Man 3 coming out whenever it came out, and it was like, fam. And then you went and saw the movie, and it was like, eh, you know what I mean? It was okay. It was okay, but it didn't live up to the hype at all. The promo for that movie was absolutely insane. It might be the most well-promoted Spider-Man movie uh, out of all of these, even more than No Way Home. And uh, it just did not live up. But now I can look back at Spider-Man 3 as a, as a decent movie. Um, I could look at Spider-Man 3 and get a laugh out of it because the movie is hilarious. Not the best, not the worst, though. Uh, number eight, the first Venom movie. I came in with very low expectations for that movie, and it ended up being a little better than I expected. So, solid movie. Amazing Spider-Man. I already told you how I feel about that. And then ten, Let There Be Carnage. Ten is almost as bad. Uh, Let There Be Carnage, I should say, is almost as bad as Amazing Spider-Man 2. It's right there. I mean, it is right there. Um, I think the fight scenes are a little better but not very much so. And then uh, number 11, Amazing Spider-Man 2. Not even going to get into that movie. Like I said, I'm not even going to waste mine 
or your time getting into that movie. It's one of the worst movies ever ever made, ever produced. I don't know how that made uh I don't know how that made it to the uh to the theaters. It's terrible. Anyways, we're living in the era of reboots. We're talking about Spider-Man right now, a new Spider-Man. Uh Scream is back. A whole Scream franchise is being rebooted. They already announced after this last movie that there will be another movie, so Scream 6 is coming. Um look here, man. I know we we a lot of people are tired of it. A lot of film experts, a lot of critics are tired of it. They want to see something new. They want to see something original. But I get it from the studio side. The studios are scared to lose money. So they're going with things that we know that they know for a fact will draw. So let's bring old things that these people love back. And like the character in the screen movie said, Mindy, I think the character's name was make a requel of it. <laughs> That's the new word, I guess. And we've seen it. Um, we, we keep seeing it. The Lion King, they brought that back. Chucky, they brought that back. Star Wars, they brought that back. Halloween, they brought that back. I just saw yesterday, there will be a new Cheaper by the Dozen movie with Gabrielle Union and JD from Scrubs. They brought that back. And now they're bringing script. Well, they've brought Scream back. Requels, where I guess you make a new movie. You introduce new characters, but you also keep those legacy characters, what they call them, legacy characters in the movie. So the older audience could come back and you can properly engage with a new generation of people. I love the formula personally. What I hate is remakes. I don't like remakes, but if we add in like the older characters, bringing new characters in, like I didn't mind the Star Wars, the, the last three Star Wars movie. It's not that second one. That second one was real strange, real stupid. But the first one and the third one of like this Disney era of Star Wars, I didn't mind at all. But anyways, Scream was excellent, man. I liked it. I liked it a lot. Um, this this killer and this one. And I mean, the movie came out, what, a month ago. So if you haven't seen it, spoiler alert, by the way, if you if you haven't seen it. Um, the new Scream movie, the killer was super tactical. This one was uh, the probably the smartest one out of all the killers thus far. Uh, when it came to the kills, he was super quiet with it. Um, a couple of them were super gruesome, but they were all super precise either way. And uh, but the one problem I did have have with this movie was the motive was horrible. So the boyfriend, spoiler alert again, the boyfriend and was the killer, and the accomplice was one of the high school friends, uh, the female. And uh, <laughs> the motive was toxic fandom toxic fandom which is super real super real especially like if, if anybody from from the wrestling community is listening to this right now you know exactly what i'm talking about when it come to toxic fandom i could go on like on twitter or like a, a some wrestling group chat or something and be like yo i don't like cesaro he's boring he has no personality and it doesn't matter how good of a wrestler he is he'll never get over because he has no personality and he's bland and people will lose their minds and go crazy and say the most uh, offensive things imaginable because I don't like a wrestler they like. Uh, toxic fandom is super real, dude. And these people take 
these these movies, these characters, these artists to heart. And they will say and do things because of that. I've had plenty of conversations. I talk about art and music and movies all day. All day. And people take this shit seriously. So the fact that that was the motive is kind of lame because I expected more out of it. But it is at least real. It's realistic. So pretty much the motive was... um, They blame the fans because we love it. These are movies we grew up on. And these are movies that we had great moments with with our family and yada, yada, yada. And then they just shit on the movies and they make the movies trash. And the movie within the movie, if you're a Scream fan, is Stab, right? So the first Scream movie is obviously the original. And then the movies following that, uh, they were making movies within the movies called Stab. (laughs) Which I'm sure this sounds confusing, but work with me. So they were like, the Stab movie sucked. They sucked. The last good one was like Stab 5. And if they're not going to make a good movie, then I will. You know, and they pretty much went on a killing spree so they could, you know, make a movie about it. Crazy, right? I thought the motive was ass. I did not like the motive. I thought it was going to be something a little deeper or a little more connected to the original, which they had done a great job doing throughout the movie. Uh, bringing everything back to the original. I mean, shit, man. They even had Skeet Ulrich in the movie who played Billy Loomis, who was uh, Sidney Prescott's uh, boyfriend in the first movie. If you don't know who Skeet Ulrich is. But, um, man, it was good. Man, it was good throughout. The kills were crazy. Um, The new cast, very solid. Very, very solid. And I have to watch it again because apparently I missed a lot of Easter eggs in the movie. So... I will be back watching Scream. Um, I also did a ranking on this movie. Um, on these movies, I should say. So the Scream ranking from, again, best to worst. Scream 1. Obviously number one. I think that that movie, uh, again, sentimental value. I adore that movie. I think anybody could watch that movie, even if you're not really a horror junkie. Um, if you are a horror junkie or a slasher junkie, you'll like that movie. I just think it's a, it's a good, very well-written who done it? It's great. Uh, number two, Scream Four, I think had the best finish out of all of them. I think somebody finally was like almost like somebody almost got away with it, and it was unexpected. The twist was crazy. I liked it. Three, I put this new Scream. We calling it Scream Twenty Twenty Two right now. Um, good movie. Like I said, just reviews that pretty much. So solid. Scream Two coming in at four solid and i think and if you haven't seen scream 2 sorry spoiler alert mrs loomis was the killer and mrs loomis had to me the best motive out of all of these movies um which is good old-fashioned revenge you killed my son so i'm gonna kill you and is then that's that whereas scream 1 the motive was like oh like my pops cheated on my mom with your mom so i'm gonna kill you that didn't make too much sense to me (laughs) and coming in at number five is scream three with the brother roman and he had you know it kind of like ties everything together kind of but it's in a very uh reaching way where oh he set up this whole scream universe and it was all him this whole time and he gave the tape to billy and billy came up with the plan and to get Sydney killed and all yeah it's it's a reach it's a hell of a reach 
Um, so his motive sucked too. Uh, Scream 4 also had a really good motive, which is, you know, I think they should have made Scream 4 like nowadays because Scream 4 is actually way more relevant now with the clout chasing motive. She wanted to kill Sydney because she was her cousin and it was hard being related to her because everybody wanted to talk to her. So she wanted the clout. She wanted to know how that felt like. And now she's the star and all that. So that made uh, way more sense. So Scream 2 and Scream 4 are only motives I actually I actually like. Um, but, you know, when you're a murderer, it's hard to have a justified motive just in general. So <laughs> I guess they're supposed to be crazy. But anyways, I think that's it, guys. Um, it's good to be back. It's good to be on other apps. I know that was a big thing uh, throughout my entire podcast run was that I was doing YouTube, which I'm still going to add clips to YouTube. But um, that was the main thing is like, yo, I can't like turn YouTube off on my phone because then it cuts you off. And, you know, what I mean, I got to like text and do other things on my phone. So if you have Apple Music or Apple Podcast and Spotify, then, hey, I'm here now. So great boom uh anyways follow me on everything follow the youtube the big man podcast follow me on twitter at the big mirror instagram at the big mirror and i will see y'all later